Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I've got John Kasman here today, and he's been in the industry for quite some time. He specializes in marketing and so much more. So if you want to learn about marketing and how to get yourself and your business to the next level, well, then stick around. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Hi, John. How are you? Thanks for being here. Super excited to have you. Krista, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. And as you can guess, I'm fired up. Ooh, I love it. So you're fired up. So talk to me. Tell me a little bit about your story. Um, you know, how you, how long you've been in the industry, what you've focused on, and so I can just keep picking your brain. Absolutely. So I've been investing in real estate, particularly multifamily, for about 10 years now. And about five years ago, I started working with other investors. And before all of that, I come from corporate America. So I was in marketing. I worked for large companies like General Motors. I worked on big brands like Nike, Coors Light, Mountain Dew. And I was really just you know, trailblazing through the marketing world. And what happened for me was I was at GM at the time we went through bankruptcy. And unfortunately, I was right there in the middle of it. And I saw people who were lifers, you know, people who dedicated their entire life to working for this too big to fail company. And they were just completely blindsided. And in that moment, I realized I couldn't rely solely on a W-2 at any moment that could be snatched away from me. And I really wanted to build a passive stream of income or another source of income to take care of myself and my family as we were growing. Ultimately, I, I landed on multifamily investing, started building my own portfolio, ran into some other challenges there. But ultimately, what really happened for me was I realized that there were a lot of other people who wanted to invest in real estate, but didn't have the time. We partnered with those individuals. And now up to date, we have helped them invest in over $90 million worth of apartment buildings. Wow, that's awesome. So you basically take other so it let's talk about the whole corporate America thing. Like I gotta tell yeah. you, there, you know, Everyone thinks that they're never going to, they're never going anywhere, right? Nothing's ever going to happen to their business and, or they're, you know, they're, they're safe company. And then all of a sudden they get the, the notice, which is just insane to me. Right. Um, and you realize that you're, you're, you, you're not invincible. Like you're not, or you are, right? what's the right term I'm trying to use. But the point is like, you realize that it's, it can be that simple just to let somebody go. Um, and it's, it's nice to feel, to have your own empowerment, to feel like, Ah, like I'm my own boss here and I can, I can kind of do this and take care of myself. So taking that leap, like good for you. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And, and to your point, it's not even necessarily just getting fired. Right. I mean, a lot of people, if you're great at your job, maybe you feel like, Hey, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a valuable member of the team, but there are other things that can happen. You know, when at a company like that, for instance, people were sent to the field, right? The field. And that meant that if you lived in one city, well, they ship you somewhere else because they want you to get some field experience. And uh, there was a woman who was a senior vice president at the company, right? I'm talking big time money, great, you know, seasoned veteran, 15, 16 year veteran of the company, um, you know, all the degrees you could want. And they shipped her to Shanghai. 
And then she had a, a teenage son in high school. And could you imagine coming home and telling your son, first of all, you moved from one side of the country, from California to Michigan, and now you're going to move to Shanghai. And I just looked at all of that. I was like, you know what? I don't want to be in a position where this company is going to dictate where I live. And I know so many people are in corporate America and have to go through that. And, and maybe you stay at headquarters, but you either make the sacrifice and say, I'm not going to climb the corporate ladder so I can stay put, or you go ahead and put your family on this road show and just hope it all ends up well in the end. And for me, I thought it was really important just to take control and to take control of your finances, take control of your future. And you can work the corporate America thing, especially if you love what you do. It's not to say walk away from that job. It's just to say you want to put your money to work so that you can have options and you can have flexibility with what your choices are. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So now you actually have helped have um over $90 million in apartment buildings, you're helping other people invest. Talk to you and me about how that looks like. Like what exactly, um, how, how do you do you work that? Well, there are a couple things, right? We know that real estate is a powerful tool to create wealth in this country, right? And commercial real estate has some phenomenal advantages. First of all, they're great tax advantages. Uh, hopefully they stay that way, but there's some great tax advantages that exist. You can get passive income through cash flow and you get appreciation, not to mention the depreciation that comes from these assets. So what we do is really simple. All right. Let's just say you might have $100,000 that you want to invest into a property. I might have $100,000 that we want to invest. Separately, you go out and you buy whatever you can get for $100,000. But what if we all came together? What if we got 10 other people like us? Well, we pull all that money together. Let's say we have a million, you know, it's 10 of us total. We now have a million dollars. Well, we can take that million dollars and now we can go out and buy a $4 million property. Or maybe we can take $2 million and go out and get an $8 million property. But we can scale now because we're putting our money together and we're using that to invest in something that's bigger. And the pros that come with that are one, we can get professional management. So instead of the 10 of us being landlords and property managers and run around doing all that stuff, we'll hire a professional property management team and we will oversee and act as the asset manager. And only a couple of us need to do that. So not all of us need to do that, but one or two of us are going to actually oversee the day-to-day -day operations of managing the manager. And the rest of us can just get passive income collecting the checks. So it's a little bit of an easier process. For me, it's work because I've got to kind of corral everyone, right? So I've got to kind of bring everybody together. I've got to evaluate deals and find the opportunities, but it's really a great way to get all the benefits of direct apartment ownership, right? So you are now, it's not like a REIT where you, you own a share, but you don't really get all the pass-through tax benefits. In this case, you are an apartment owner. You just don't have to do the work like a landlord. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So what about like the return on investment? Like what are the, what are the standard, you know, percentage of return on investment and comparing it to if they were to do it on their own? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, on our returns, most of our projects, it's going to vary by deal. But typically, one of the things that we're looking for is to do a 7 or 8% preferred return. And what that means is the first 7 or 8% of profits is going to go to our investors first before the general partners take our cut. So that's the way we like to structure our deal. And typically, what we try to shoot for is something in the range of a, of a 2x multiple, right? So if you were to invest, say, 100K, what we try to shoot for is, hey, over the course of five to six years or so, we want to be able to double that money. Now, every deal is different. Um, this is not a solicitation, so I can't really get into crazy details, but that's one of the things we like to see when we're looking at deals. And it helps us get a sense of you know whether or not we can deliver solid returns for our investors.
Got it. Got it. So how do you go about finding these investors? Like I'm sure marketing has anything to do with those. So how are you going about finding them? Yeah, well, listen, I think most people start out working with friends and family, you know, and that's what they tell you, right? Start with your circle. The challenge is this, you know, when you start talking to your friends and your family about investing, you know, they're your friends and family and they love you and they care about you, but they don't want you to get hurt and they don't want you to lose money. And they, they have a completely different mindset. So that is not the person you want to talk to. And in fact, I've developed three C's, right? It's three C's that I call them that it takes to attract capital for, for these deals. The first is going to be confidence. The second is credibility. And then the third is connection. So let's work backwards since you asked about how do you find these people, right? So in the connections, the biggest thing that you need is you want to take your friends and family, okay? You love them. You want them to know what you're doing. But in the same way you were launching any other business, you don't go to them and say, hey, buy my product, buy my service. But you do tell them what you're doing and you might ask them for referrals. So let's, let's say if I was opening up a, a bakery, right? I might go to my friends and my family and say, hey, listen, I'm opening up this amazing bakery. And what I'm going to do is say, yes, I want referrals, but I'm going to help them help me. So I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I've identified that the people we help best are those people who are having big celebrations, weddings, anniversaries, birthday parties, graduations. Do you know anybody who's doing one of those big four events coming up soon? I'd love an introduction if you do. And it's the same kind of thing here with the connections. You want to lean into your family and your friend network, but not for them to invest with you. Maybe they are the right investor. Who knows? That's great if they are, but I wouldn't ask them to invest right away. What you would do, though, is you want to ask them if they know anybody who fits that profile of the investor you know you can help. That way you relieve the pressure off of them, but you also give them a chance to really help you. Because who doesn't want to help another small entrepreneur, small business, make it to the next level. So if I can think of someone who can help you, certainly I'll give you an introduction and say, you know what, you should meet my cousin Charles. He's got, uh, he just sold his tech firm. He's got a couple million bucks sitting in the bank and he's trying to figure out what the hell to do with it. So those are kind of things you want to do to build out those connections. That seems pretty, a couple million bucks. I want to meet some friends like that. <laughs> so are people investing that kind of money with you? Are they investing, like your people are investing millions of dollars in these projects? Most people are not, you know, most people are everyday working professionals, right? So we call them like your everyday retail people, you know, people have jobs, they work, they, they maybe they're accredited, they make a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe they make six figures, but either way, they have 50K, 100K to invest in a deal like this. So our minimum investment is usually around $50,000. So people are looking to invest somewhere in the 50 to $100,000 range. We do have investors that write bigger checks than that, um, but those investors typically are, have done a deal or two. They're a little more comfortable with what they're doing, the returns that they're looking for and things like that. But many of our newer investors start at kind of that $50,000 range. And there's no, there's no guarantee. It's just like, obviously there's no guarantee. Um, and is everything like on the books where, they, where the investors can see everything? They can see, you know, what goes in, what goes out, all that great stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no guarantee. And that's the thing I like to tell everybody. It's like, listen, you have to be comfortable. There is always risk when investing in real estate. And you have to understand that and understand how do we mitigate those risks. So for me, it's a matter of here are the risk. Here's what we're doing to mitigate those risks, right? Where we feel confident that we're in a great, great spot. And then from there, you go ahead and show what the upside potential could be. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's something that you have to understand what those risks are going into the deal and recognizing that there are no guarantees. While we do have that preferred return, it's not a guarantee, what but what it return? does. Oh, the preferred yeah, return, like what you're Yeah. Hoping. 
Yeah. Well, the preferred return is, is is set up as kind of an incentive, right? Because we're saying the first amount of profit goes oh. to the investor before we benefit. So let's say that, um, you know, in that case, if we have a 7% preferred return, well, if we're wrong and the deal doesn't work out as well, well, we don't make any money. Yeah. So that's, so that's the thing where we're, our interests are aligned. So as an investor, you at least know, well, hey, I, I know if he doesn't perform or if they don't perform, they don't make money. So I know they're going to work really hard to at least hit that preferred return number so they can get their returns. But, but I think the biggest thing though, Chris, is like understanding how important marketing is. Um, I think when I was starting out, I, I kind of was just really learning from my mentors and the people that I knew in the industry. And I didn't realize that real estate is just like anything else. It's a business and all businesses really rely on marketing. So at that moment, I kind of relied on the 15 years of marketing experience that I had, you know, working on these various brands to say, all right, if I can take some of that experience and put it together with the real estate knowledge, I can actually build and grow this business. So that really allowed us to, to kind of grow and connect with more and more people. Are you wanting a kickstart on your business and you wanna learn how to be the go-to professional in your industry? Well, guess what? I've got a challenge for you. It's five days of coaching. It's brand new. Just go to kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. That's kristamayshore.com slash client conversion. And you'll get a training with me for five straight days. That's going to help kickstart you as the go-to professional in your industry. So sign up and I'll see you there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. Okay. That's uh, it's interesting. I love talking to, it's like, I've never done this type of a thing. I always just do my own stuff, but I can see how it would be advantageous for someone to do it because it takes a lot of the external pressures away, you know, for them having to do things. And so the, and so also a $50,000 investment gets you into a commercial type because it's all commercial you're doing, correct? And then That's right. Yes. All commercial. We, and we only do apartments. There's people do self-storage. There's other asset classes you can get into. We just love multifamily. We think it's, it's approachable. I mean, people know what an apartment building is. You've either lived in an apartment or you know people who lived in apartments. You've been to an apartment building before. Yeah. So it, it's relatable, unlike, you know, maybe industrial or self-storage where maybe you're not as familiar with that. I mean, we, we know what apartments are. Yeah. So when you're talking about marketing, like how does that relate? How would you say that relates to a, an average entrepreneur, real estate agent, local professional? Um, explain like when you talk about marketing, what, what advice would you be giving to, let's just say a real estate agent? Yeah, absolutely. So my sister's a real estate agent, one of the best real estate agents out here in Cincinnati, and I give her advice all the time. Uh, very much of it is uh, unsolicited where she tells me to stop. But <laughs> here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Um, there's marketing and there's branding. So let me start, start with branding and then I'll come back to marketing. Um, people have to understand that branding is really, you know, it, it's the the ethos of who you are, who your company is, and what you set out for. So Branding, I think, is absolutely critical. And I don't care if you never spend a dollar on marketing. You absolutely are branding. And whether you're branding yourself as a lower-end real estate agent or a high-end service provider, branding is really what people say about you. It's not what you say. It's what they say about you. And it's the Feeling ethos the of who you are. The, absolutely. The yeah. It's the emotion, it's the feelings, it's all of those things that you elicit when someone thinks of you. And if you think of big brands, you can think to maybe memories you have or what your impression is, whether it's luxury, whether it's an, a cheap, affordable product, whatever you want to call it. The branding is about that, right? And positioning has something to do with it, but branding is really at its core, 
It's what people feel about you based on the ethos that, that you communicate. So you are branding yourself, whether you say something or not. Marketing, on the other hand, it's a megaphone. It's a megaphone for you to say the things that you want to say to other people. And I think it's really important because there's so many people who have great products, great services, but they don't tell anyone about it. Well, how do people find you? How do people know to use you for certain things if they don't know you exist, if they don't know you do this? Go back to where we talked about starting out and let's use the bakery analogy again. If I start a bakery, but I don't tell anybody, well, guess what? When my cousin has her big wedding and no one told her that I started a bakery, do you think she's going to hire me? No, she's going to hire who she's going to go on Google or wherever she goes and she's going to pick a bakery. And I just missed a business opportunity from someone who probably would have hired me to do their cake. And that's where marketing comes into play. You have to tell people what you do. If you truly help people, by the way, and if you are great, I mean, you got all these plaques in the back, right? You are crushing it in business, Krista, right? So you've got those plaques. You help people. If people don't know what you do, they can't reach out to you to help them. And if you don't believe in yourself, and if that's the reason you're not helping people, then you need to step back and get that product or service tight. You know, step back and figure out, okay, what is it about what I'm doing that I need to fix? How can I get better at what I'm doing? But you need to reach out because there are people who are looking for you, looking for your help, and you want to make yourself available. And it doesn't mean you need to sugarcoat it or, or try to find a way to be something that you're not. Be clear on what your experience is. I don't have a 20-year track record of buying and flipping multifamily apartments. But what I do have is a track record in marketing. I do have a solid track record with the, uh, the properties we've done. And there are people who are comfortable with that. And those are the people we need to work with. And there are going to be people who don't want to work with me because they only work with people who've been investing for 30 years. That's fine. I have to live with that. You know, and, and that's just part of the business, but you have to put it out there. If you are trying to grow as a business person, whether you are a solo entrepreneur or whether you have a big business that you're looking to groom, you have to go out and find your clients and create your business. And that starts with marketing and telling people what you have to offer, how you help them solve their challenges and the benefits of working with you. Absolutely. Marketing is attraction. I always say marketing is attraction. Okay. Well, this has been awesome, John. I really appreciate it. You've got like, I love that. I think my favorite part was the last four minutes that we just did. That was so, so good. Um, so if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you to learn more? Well, yeah. One of the easiest things you can do is if you want to wrap your head around the investing side of things and what we're talking about here, we have a sample deal available on our website. You can go to casmancapital.com slash sample deal download that. And if you want to learn more about multifamily investing or marketing as well, uh, I have a podcast as well. It's called Target Market Insights, the multifamily and marketing show. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's available. Say that one more time. Yes. Target Market Insights, the multifamily and marketing show. Awesome. Because you know, if they're listening to this, they, they like listening to podcasts. So I want to make sure they got that. We'll put that in the show notes as well to make sure they have that. And then we'll thank you. And I always wrap up with this. If there's one piece of advice that you can give people, whether it's personal or professional or whatever, what would that be? You know, think about anything you want and ask yourself, what will you regret? You know, always focus on that. And if you're weighing two options, whether it be leaving a job or making an investment, listen, there are a lot of bad things can happen. We know that. Don't focus on what negative could happen. Think about what you will regret. And don't be in a position where you regret not taking a chance when you have that opportunity. So ask yourself that. Live your life without any regrets. And I think you'll be happy with the results. I love that. There's this quote that says, um, people's biggest regrets are 
looking back at life and not making a change that they know they still could make. Right. Like, yeah. so, okay, John, thank you so much. Appreciate you and your time. You did a great job. I love listening to our audience is going to love it as well. And listen, everyone, it's great to be here and knowledge is not power implementation is. So if anything, John has said has, has spoken to you, then reach out to him. And as always, I appreciate the, your, the time you're spending with me and I hope you were just as fired up as I was. <laughs>